This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Renegade Report. I'm Jonathan. And there's Ramon. And I am present. Yes, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> trying to de-platform me on my own podcast. Uh, I'll have you know. And it's a glorious time in South Africa because politicians say all sorts of disgusting things about races and things like that. However, not one person is going to jail for teaching a Nazi pug how to see hail. Mm, for all the shit we have in South Africa, uh, and, well, if you listen to our, our last couple of podcasts, you would uh, have a better idea of that. Uh, yeah, no one is uh, at the moment going to prison. We've had some people fined for their speech. But no one is going to prison for uh, what was what I thought was actually quite a funny joke. Look, it was, it was dark humor. It don't, was, don't get me wrong. It was not funny. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> Every time he said gas the Jews, the, the, the pugs pug, hailed. I mean, come on. Yeah, it was it's damn, amazing. and he had like these Nazi marches going on in the background of the television. It was damn funny. Um, but look, co- that's comedy, right? Comedy's not uh, different uh, strokes for different folks. No, but read, read, did you read that fucking judgment? The judge yeah. said context does not yeah, matter. Context doesn't matter. So and we should go to jail he's now. going to jail for being grossly offensive. That's the actual and, and, and Semitic. Yeah, well, and I, I just need to speak to the Jews a little bit on this um, from my, my point of authority here. Your, your people. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't like collectivism at all, but I, I feel like uh, I mean, there's a rabbi who I think in the UK turned around and said, no, no, this is a good a good judgment and, and that type of thing. Uh, the Simon Wiesenthal Center, which is usually a, a very sort of level-headed um, advocacy uh, group and center, um, obviously does a lot of good work with regards to Holocaust matters, had uh, a lot to say and kind of seemed to su- be supportive of this being some sort of crime. Um, no, guys, if you if you stop freedom of speech because it's offensive, um, that's exactly the attack used against Jews, against the religion. People go, Jews themselves are offensive. They're running all the banks and they're controlling the media. Their religion offends us because of whatever they choose to, 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 to do. The blood libel, as an example, is made up out of an offense to the religion. Um, that is how you end up in a gas chamber is by jailing people for the offense, for maligning people based on their words and the things that they say that you don't like, but they should be allowed to say. Indeed. And the worst part about all this is that um, no one actually laid a complaint against him. Yeah. This, this was the state all mm, on its own the government, yeah. doing it. And uh, we could, we should be arrested now and prosecuted for merely reporting what was said mm. in that video. And for more context, you have to watch Jonathan Pye. So Jonathan Pye, go on YouTube, and the title of the video is called "It's a Joke," and he's goose stepping in front of the in front of the, the court. <laughs> it's an amazing video. Go watch it. So to discuss a little bit more about freedom of speech, freedom of expression, what he does on a daily basis, which is all about that, we have on the show our good friend uh, Jeremy Nell, also known as Germ. Are you- are you there, Jim? Hey, how's it, man? Yeah, very good. Speaking to the phone, fuck's sakes. Sorry, man, sorry. Very uh, much to, better. To, to, to quote, to quote uh, Doug Stanhope, uh, my name is German, that's why I drink, because I'm <laughs> having a vintage right now. Well, I mean, you can't drink water because you're in Cape Town, because that's it's a rare a, resource. You so. hear that disclaimer, right? So anything he says now is under the influence of alcohol, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great defense, Jim. I, I'm, I'm liking it. Especially when someone will uh, complain to the Human Rights Commission about this podcast that we will be having. So, Jim, um, you are the 39th. You 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 call yourself the 39th best uh, cartoonist in the country. Yes. Um, however, who's 40th? Mandy Duvall. <laughs> no, it's the cartoonists, <laughs> not propagandists. Um, Emma, I would say, because he he's a great cartoonist. He just doesn't draw. Who? Malema, Judy, Juju. Oh, he's a great cartoonist, but he doesn't draw. Okay. Subject matter. Yeah. 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 Very well. Now, Jim, I haven't seen you in what we call mainstream media in quite a while. You've appeared to drop off that side of cartooning. Yeah, what's happening? Yeah, all right. So I dropped off the the radar of the mainstream in about, uh, let's say, 2015, 2016-ish. I decided to come out, as it were. 
um, as a as a alternative or slash independent uh, cartoonist because um, I was finding the mainstream a little bit too uh, bl- uh, bland um, and way too narrative driven. Um, I mean, you can't. The irony is that you can't be completely independent for most of the mainstream media because you still have to adopt a particular line of thinking. And it's kind of scary, actually. So uh, can you give a few examples? Well, okay, so let's say you're, uh, you want to comment on the Middle East. Um, and it's very, it's very, very acceptable to, to do something that's pro-Palestine, but try and do something that's pro-Israel. It's almost impossible. You mean uh, uh, Khadija Patel over at the Mail and Guardian wasn't just begging you for those types of uh, cartoons? <laughs> um, well, look, look, she doesn't like me, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting, you know, when you say this because uh, it, you, you, we keep getting this repeated message. Um, we had uh, William Saunderson Myers on, on the show. He basically said the same thing about mainstream media and the narrative. Um, the guy from Hey Joburg, uh, Shane Robinson, um, uh, he said, he said the same thing. Um, and, and it seems to be a recurring theme. Even if you, you know, if you one of our listeners and you also listen to some of the ma- more mainstream stuff or read it, that's great. Um, but there does seem to be the sense that there's a specific uh, narrative being pushed definitely um and and it's i don't know i don't know what it is i don't know why it is that way but it's it's definitely a type of ideological thinking that seems to be collectivizing um the editorial spaces and um i i, I can't i can't for me pin down why it is like that but it is and it's very difficult to to work within those parameters despite despite them promoting free expression it's very much not that at all well, look it is free to some degree um i mean i, I don't want to be sensational but it also isn't free i mean you you know there are many things that you can't you can't say they'll say yeah we're all about freedom of expression but then you can't say like nigger in a cartoon they'll they'll censor that not that i'm wanting to say that but i'm just making the point that it's not free well, you know? I mean, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure there's parameters to everything. I mean, if I go to on a TV show, I mean, I won't say, you know, the K word unless, well, unless no, you want to sure. prove a point, I suspect. Yeah. Yes. Unless you want to prove a point, but that's the same thing. I mean, um, if you, if you're going to draw, let's say Muhammad, most of the time that's for, that's to prove a point. It's not for anything else. Peace be upon um, you, please. Yeah. Peace be. <laughs> Why do we need um, a fatwa on the show, Ramon? Why? And I mean, and so I've learned over the years just to avoid uh, certain subjects, not because I want to avoid them, but simply because it's just too much work or too much effort to try and get beyond um, the, the the hurdles that come with particular, um, let's say, imagery and words. It's it's just too much effort. So I I'm for the most part now avoid the Middle East um, because if if I want to be fair, and if, if I find that, that I do agree with, with something that Israel has done, I'll almost never be published um, because n- nothing in the mainstream will, will side with Israel on, on anything. Um, and so then in order to, to, to maintain my own integrity, I'll simply avoid it because I'm not going to do something that's going to go against my backbone. And that's, and that's also why I've ended up in more sort of the alternative space. Yeah. Uh, because – because I've I've over the years always been 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 fighting um, uh, with editors to try and get published with certain uh, topics or subject matter, and after a while you just go, oh, you know what, you know I'm, I must I must move out of this space and go into a into a different space where where I can I can say these things. Do you get the sense that other cartoonists and people in the space have had to surrender their backbones? Or yes, do you think they just feel that way? I, you know, it's it's interesting to me because uh, we'll get on to the topic of Zapiro at some point in this podcast, so we might as well go now. But uh, you know, he's the country's most well-known cartoonist. Um, he uh, certainly, at times in his career, has uh, appeared to be very liberal um, in his approach to things, and um, 
other times he's appeared, I suppose, to some people to be on the right, some people to be on the left. That, that some would argue is a good thing. You know, he's, he's kind of, uh, nowhere. He can get criticized by all sides. But in recent times, especially since he, uh, gave up the ground on that, um, organ grinder cartoon, uh, he seems to have pretty much given up, uh, in terms of this, some sort of central, uh, pathway that he was following or trying at some po- at some points. Um, is your sense that that's happened to almost everyone? Uh, well, again, it depends on on who you're working with. Look, going back to what you said now a few minutes ago about um, he's kind of nowhere. That I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get into into a space now of 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 dissing um, Zapiro because he's obviously a fantastic cartoonist. Um, I don't agree with him on a lot of um, talking points. But that's fine. Um, but I think when you when you're in a space when you where you're kind of nowhere, as you said, that can also make you a populist, and I don't think that's a good place to be um, because populism will then be a, a case of you trying to win favor with as many people as possible, but you end up shooting yourself in the foot, um, and that's probably what he's found himself doing um, with some of his cartoons. Uh, trying to trying to cater to as many many readers as possible, um, which ultimately backfires. Um, but only he only he knows that. that. I'm just going by what I've seen in terms of his work and in terms of his 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 political positioning. This isn't me saying this. He actually physically said this, and it's on video from from this panel debate that that we did last year, um, which was meant to have been about freedom of expression, but it wasn't. It t- turned out not being about that at all. Um, but um, he actually said that he is not only progressive, but he is a lefty. Those were his words. So he's a lefty progressive. So I guess based on what we understand, <laughs> that that makes him uh, a social justice warrior. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and look, um, that kind of makes sense if you look at his cartoons in that context over the past at least 18 months. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with him. Being a progressive, yeah. right? A progressive He's being open and honest about it. Yeah, it doesn't make no, him unique. Nothing wrong with that at all. But it doesn't make him unique in any uh, particular way. That's that's the problem, essentially. So uh, in on this panel debate, uh, Jim, there was quite a. If I remember correctly, it happened last year, and there was a bit of a kerfuffle about who could film it, who could attend. There was all sorts of things happening. Uh, can you give us a bit well, of context? It was, was organised by. Um, Afri cartoons, which is sort of like a, a, a central hub um, in South Africa, of um, it's like a repository of of all the major cartoons, all the major cartoonists, shall I say? Um, and um, they put it together. And I remember getting a phone call a few weeks before asking me to to be part of the debate. The, the words initially were debate, and we were going to talk about freedom of expression and and the importance therein. Um, I initially didn't want to be part of it because I realized that I'd probably get set up because um, that is often the case when you are different or when you have a different way of thinking to, to the, 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 the general um, narrative. Um, and then they asked me in all sincerity, no, they won't set me up. Please can I be part of it? They like a diversity of thought, um, which of course is a wonderful term that these days means nothing. Can I just um, interrupt you for one second there, just to say that I don't think you were being quite paranoid because if I recall around the same time or a little bit before that, there was some sort of altercation that you'd had amongst a group of cartoonists um, where you had to sort of remove yourself from a communal group or something to that effect. That was this year. So, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get to Okay, all right, sorry. So um, I've got the timeline incorrect. Yeah, so I, I agreed because freedom of expression is something I'm very passionate about, obviously, um, being a cartoonist. Um, although I, I will admit I am somewhat conflicted on what it exactly means, but we can get to that just now. Um, uh, and so I thought this would, this would be great. I did a little bit of homework about what I would, uh, uh, you know, uh, highlight and, and take note of. And on the day, there were about five cartoonists. And it was very funny. Um, I know they did as a joke, and that's all great, but they put Zapiro literally on the far left of the panel, and they put me on the far right. <laughs> um, and, and they did that on purpose because they still pointed it out. Um, and it was the funniest thing. When they introduced me, 
they they immediately introduced me as possibly South Africa's most right-wing cartoonist, which which I found quite funny. Um, and I corrected them. I said, no, no, the term's alt-right. <laughs> um, God, they must and, have loved uh, that. Yeah, for sure. And then and then Zapiro, when when he introduced himself, not that he needs to introduce himself, but when he did, um, he he literally spent about five minutes or so um, explaining why. He absolutely does not want to be in the same or categorized in the same um, box as me. Um, and in almost every respect will disagree with me. Oh, uh, and, and it's amazing because it's actually caught on video. Um, and it, it, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't understand where this is before from. anything started. Eh? Yeah, before anything started, he just wanted to, he wanted to know that um, he, he does not align his thinking with, with germs. Um, and and he'll probably most most likely disagree with. At which point you said you like women and food, and since then he hasn't eaten. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, <laughs> a completely I mean, it, illogical approach to life. Anyway, yeah, carry on. It it was truly bizarre. Um, and he also he also twice that same morning um, had a had a, a, a fat go at at uh, David Bullard, which was bizarre. When I arrived. He, the first thing he said to me was, um, have I just come from um, church with David Bullard or something to that effect because I was wearing a suit? <laughs> and I couldn't understand. I mean, I don't know what his, what his gripe is with David. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know where it came from either. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing he's got a bit of a history there. Um, but I certainly um, I, I didn't call for any of that kind of stuff. So it, it, it was quite funny. And then and then we ended up not not speaking about free speech. I, I literally, I think about three times – try to bring the discussion back to let's talk about free speech and the freedom of expression and why it's important to cartoonists and what it means. And if you watch the video of the debate, you'll see that nobody discussed it at all. Um, I asked the question three times. I tried to bring it back. They spoke most of the time about what they do as cartoonists. And they, I mean, I, I went away this joking, calling it, it was the, the Zapiro show because a lot of it was just about his work and his his battle with the president um, and the showerhead and all that old stuff um, and the organ grinder cartoon and why he apologized. And um, and that was mostly what the discussion was. It, it was not even a debate. I was I was told not to call it a debate. It was I was told to call it a panel discussion. Uh, would you believe it? Um, and uh, and they also didn't. They told me before the before the debate, they said that they didn't want to be open, an open event, in case I bring all my um, alt-right or right-wing trolls to crash the to crash the show. <laughs> uh, it's rem- reminiscent of when Ramon went to uh, Varashni's uh, sort of press uh, ombud trial and uh, was sitting there doing pretty much nothing. And basically, it got tweeted out from Varashni that uh, the alt-right trolls from uh, the Renegade Report were there. I was sitting next to German. Yeah, I was sitting next to... I was sitting oh, okay, there you I go. I was sitting next to German Ernst from Germ- you, you, Afri Forum. You, you must have been mistaken for me because, you know, all white men look the same. No, you were mistaken for Jason Werbelow. Oh, even... <laughs> which is a bit which is a bit strange because he's like half your size, with due respect to you. In no, terms of height, in terms no, of height. And, and I'm fatter than the oak. Very, I don't want to say it, but yes. <laughs> Um, yes, and Varash, and, then, and Varash and then, said that the alt-right is alive and well in South Africa. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm wearing a suit. I'm just listening because my, my friend is the advocate representing every forum in this matter. I'm interested in the law. What? I'm not here picketing or throwing shit everywhere. Jim, what is your, what is your sense? You know, the thing is we laugh about the whole alt-right moniker and the, the, it getting used just to kind of, um, immediately be able to dismiss anything we say or, or, or any of our views. Um, and, you know, as we've repeated on the show incessantly, you, you know, calling a Jew and a French Arab um, alt-right is, is, is bordering on insane. But um, when that gets said in front of an audience, as there was at this debate or panel discussion, whatever they want to call it, um, what's your sense of how the audience reacts to that? You know, it's it's interesting. I still don't know what the term means, but but what I love about free speech is how Varashni's tweet was absolutely brutalized on Twitter. Um, people people took her down. We didn't have to do yeah, anything. She deleted it. Um, she eventually deleted it because because it was so absurd. Um, I don't think anybody knows what the term means. Well, I, um, I, 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 th- I think I can correct that. I, 
I think that it had no real meaning uh, up until the point last year when those uh, sort of neo-Nazis marched with those tiki torches in Charlottesville in the U.S. Before that, yeah. no one knew if was outright Milo Yiannopoulos, the sort of a uh, Catholic Jew yeah. who, uh, you know, like to sleep with black guys and, and joke about it. That seemed kind of weird. Um, was alt-right, uh, Mike Cernovich, who kind of supported Donald Trump and said some anti-media, mainstream media things. Um, was it David Duke and, and, you know, whoever supported him? And, uh, what's it? Robert, is it Robert Spencer? Richard Spencer. Uh, Richard Spencer sorry. Well, Richard Spencer uh, coined the term. Yeah. So, so I think there, there was a lot of debate and part of the problem was it was difficult to put people into the box. And obviously the other issue is they were throwing everyone into the box. Pretty much if you don't hold a center, center left view on the world, then you are alt right. Um, I do think that since that sort of neo-Nazi march happened and there was that violence, that woman was knocked over and killed. Um, and, uh, I think that, I think that, 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 alt-right sort of has become that group of people, you know, the uh, sort okay. of right, very right-wing, uh, far-right-wing nationalists, um, supremacist group. Uh, and, uh, okay. and, and I, so I, I do think that that is relatively well defined now. It just, the problem is, is it's still being thrown around as, you know, everyone who doesn't agree with me is a Nazi. It's the same as that whole punch a Nazi campaign that happened on, on Twitter. Um, yeah. That, that sort of thought- hashtag. I always thought that alt-right was kind of a, a, a catch-all phrase for guys who are anti-left-wing and just trolling the left-wing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah uh, that, was a, that was a part of it originally. It was the 4chan memes and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, Richard Spencer, you know, he's, he's a, a white supremacist. He agrees with that term being thrown at him. And uh, so it's like the fedora suit wearing, you know, white supremacists who think every race should have their own uh, ethno state and uh, things like that. Um, but I mean, Richard Spence has a, a audience of ten. The media always outnumbers the people that come to speak, that come to hear him speak, so to speak. But I mean, to, to assume that there's an alt right in South Africa because the Renegade Report, Germ, Ernst Ritz and Mark Oppenheimer are in a room together listening to what a judge has to say. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking fun. It's, it's a phenomenal, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. What's that, what's that line from Anchorman? He says, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just interested if, if, you know, anyone really reacts to it because it's to say something like that at the beginning of a conversation only serves it it's only intended to serve one purpose it's not to compliment you it's not to really place you in any kind of space it's to tell the audience this is a person you know who you should think a certain way about before he even opens his mouth um, I, you know i don't understand this whole labels thing I, i've been thinking about it more and more over the last few months um it's something that i've noticed people on on ideological uh uh extremes on fringes they seem to use it as some sort of insult. It doesn't do anything. Someone says, you're right-wing or you're left-wing. Okay, I am. Now what? Like, what happens? Well, I mean, it's, 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 an empty, it's an empty phrase. It doesn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, until, um, until His Excellency Julius Malema, Lord of the Seas and uh, opponent of WMC in Limpopo in particular, you know, comes to power and then throws us all in the gulag. <laughs> I, well, I, I think the, 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 the issue with the label is, is that uh, to some extent you're right. When people give, uh, give you a label, then what inevitably happens is, uh, a certain group of people will go, yeah, so what? Uh, and if the label sticks, uh, if it fits, then you, you yourself might go, yes, and big deal. Um, the problem, yeah, the problem is, is, uh, is that in the media, you can use your job. Well, not only can you lose your job, but we've got a situation where in South Africa, uh, you, you know, you can, well, for example, if you're white, then you are privileged. That's not already a, a, a label that sticks automatically. If, if you argue that point, it's like, are you insane? Like the sky is blue, the sun rises in the east, and there is white privilege. 
You know, you you cannot have a dispute about that label, even though, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Um, the the, the no, and then the sun doesn't rise in the east. That's 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 lies. That's all media lies. The white man. It's all young. Well, there is no real east. Um, well, I suppose there is, but the earth is flat, so it's difficult to really say. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we have it goes further than that because we obviously have the labels of racist and and all of these types of things. And it's very easy for these uh, um, labels to gain traction. So I agree with you. I, I think the labels uh, – yeah. yeah. Let me give you an anecdote, a wonderful anecdote. And it's something you alluded to earlier, and I, I forgot to um, come to it. It was mm. a WhatsApp uh, group that I um, am no longer part of. Um, and it sounds so silly, talking about a WhatsApp group. But um, I was part of a collective – um, of South African cartoonists, um, let's say, uh, dare I say, around about 40 um, cartoonists, and um, or I don't know, maybe 35, 40, somewhere there. And uh, the idea of the group was to uh, just be a, a space where cartoonists, mostly in the political sense, can support one another and give each other uh, criticism, but constructive. Um, you know, with cartoons and dealing with editors and all that kind of stuff and how to deal with uh, various reader responses. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a very noble idea and it's wonderful. However, one of the rules that were laid out eventually was that uh, we may not discuss anything um, of a conflict nature. Now, I don't, I don't understand how you can be a political cartoonist and then not talk about the politics of your cartoons with other cartoonists, right? So all that all that you'll end up doing is just literally discussing your line work and how you, how nicely you colored in the cartoon. Um, and yeah, you're making a comment about, I don't know, the justice system or something, right? Or something really heavy like rhino horn poaching or, I don't know, Zuma, okay? But now you can't talk about it because we can't talk about anything negative or, or, or that's going to hurt anyone's feelings because it's now a safe space. And it is a safe space for cartoonists. And I was told numerous times that um, that I mustn't uh, engage in any kind of, of conflict of or, or, or battle of ideas. Um, and, uh, and if I was to engage, I'd be removed from the group. And I find that I, f- I still find that baffling because cartoonists are like the court jesters, right? We we're kind of part of that gauging of the, of the, of the thermometer of democracy. Um, we've all, you know, humor, comedy, satire for a very long um, space in human history has been part of that rigorous rejection of, of uh, respect and, um, and just not giving in to any kind of rules or authority. It's always going against the grain and challenging the status quo. You know, it's 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 about being irreverent. Um, and now suddenly we have a safe space where we where we mustn't hurt anyone's feelings um, because because it might be threatening. Yeah, Jordan. And, and we're talking about we're Sorry. talking about cartoonists here. Yeah, Jordan Peterson has this uh, quote. He says, "You know, all societies bend towards tyranny, and the ways to mitigate that is to have the court gestures, the cartoonists, the stand-up comedians, the TV shows, the culture." And uh, once once the tyrant is not fearful, because the court jester is taken away and shot in the head, uh, you know tyranny is far more evident or far more likely to come out than if the court jester is available and pokes fun at power. So, and what's 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 really disgusting in this regard is that these people are self-censoring. Completely. I, I don't know if anyone's putting pressure on them to do so, but. It appears that the tyrant is truly and uh, utterly uh, benevolent to them, and therefore they must support the tyrant at all costs. And that, and that tyrant uh, takes the many forms, uh, the, the popular narrative of uh, expropriation or the compensation, for example. You know, whites have just raped and pillaged their way for 350 years. It depends uh, who you speak to. Um, Whites own all the money, whites own all the land, whites, 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 whites. And the cartoonists on that group, I suspect, are 80% white. So, so it's, 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 right, but it's pure. But the white cartoonists, sorry man, but the white cartoonists in that group 
Um, and you can see it again if you watch that video of the panel debate, um, how how many of the white cartoonists don't want to offend, and I'm sorry for saying this, but they don't want to offend anyone who isn't white. They don't want to offend black people because of the of the fact that they might feel that they aren't in a position. In fact, there was a question asked from the audience, how do um, white cartoonists uh, uh, feel about commenting on issues that they don't have a history in or, or, or a context in, like um, coming from a township or anything has to do with black history? How, how can they then comment on it? So now you're getting to a point where, where – the same white cartoonists don't want to be critical or say anything negative towards a, a black cartoonist or a black person um, simply because they, they feel that it, it might be construed as racist, which is profoundly condescending, but also racist in itself. Yeah, well, there's three things there. Personally, I, mean, I don't comment on rapists until I've raped someone. Um, haven't happened yet, so, you know, rapists are... So, so you have no perspective on rapists, really? None whatsoever. you haven't raped someone? None whatsoever. Mm. Um, so I'm still waiting to do that. Uh, number two, it's the soft bigotry of low expectations. Uh, because someone's black, you have to treat them like a child. It's the, the highest form of racism, in my opinion. What's nice about uh, some uh, out-and-out racists is you know exactly who they are because they won't shut up about it. Which is, which very, is fantastic. Which That's is, which, which, which is wonderful. Yeah, but which is very weird. It's like the most one of the most repugnant things in South Africa, based on our history, is to be like an out and out racist. And like Twitter and social media is just full of these people, and it's great <laughs> because there's one thing you can't do is, is shut a racist up. That's for sure. And no. the, the third one, I can't really remember what it is, but um, yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. And these these cartoonists are just utter fucking cowards. At the end of the day, and that's all they are, and they should be fucking I was, ashamed. Yeah, and I was I was eventually pretty much removed from. I mean, I left the group obviously voluntarily, but I was very much uh, encouraged to leave the group. Um, I mean, coming from Zapiro and other other major cartoonists, saying that that it was because of me that they no longer wanted to be part of the group and and all kinds of stuff, and, and they didn't want to partake in anything. Um, so, so I realized that, that I wasn't welcome because I was asking questions and I was being accused by most of them of being racist. Um, well, let me, let me say most of the cartoonists who were actually, uh, partaking in discussions were accusing me of racist. There were a lot of cartoonists who were lurking, who were just being quiet. And I do know for a fact that there are cartoonists who are on my side of the fence in the sense that they challenge the status quo and go against the narrative, but they're too afraid to do so publicly. Um, and I've got my spies, as it were. I'm, I know that um, I know what's going on in the group still, um, and I know what's going on with the local cartoonists, despite being disconnected to a large degree. Um, and I will say that that they even use terms like woke uh, and and uh, and progressive and all that kind of stuff, and and not ironically. <laughs> and I remember I was being accused of before I left the group, I was being accused of being a racist. And I asked the question, guys, in all sincerity, I just want to know how do you define racist or racism? Because because I, I have a dictionary definition in front of me here. I want to know how you define it so we can I want to understand how you're coming to that conclusion so I can actually understand you, maybe see your point of view, uh, maybe we can learn something. And uh, the owner of the group immediately responded, and I have it as a screenshot. He immediately responded by saying, "It's it's a trap. Don't answer the question." Um, uh, German, German's got, yeah, <laughs> it's a trap. Use the word, it's a trap. And and he said, he said, Germ Germ has Germ um, what? Uh, I, I try to remember the words. I said, Germ uh, subscribes to the generally accepted definition of racism. <laughs> Uh, but they got an extra special definition of racism, and they can't tell you what it is because it's special. So then, and so, uh, and so the one, so the one person, the one cartoonist responded by saying, "Well, um, let me answer your question by saying, take your your comments that you make and your cartoons that you draw, and go and read them and show them to to black people in a township, and then keep quiet and just listen to them and their responses." This is a white cartoonist saying this. Uh, how, how condescending is that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't remember. There was this one person that drew a cartoon of four black men holding down a woman and another black man about to rape that woman. Um, I can't remember what his name was. It was a very famous cartoon, uh, but I suspect yeah. he called you a racist, right? 
yes. the one that showed black men holding down and, and you know, forcing. He called so- me both right wing. He called me both right wing and alt right. And then he, t- he also told me to go and, and go hang out with David Bullard. What's up with David Bullard? Like, I don't know what that is. That, that just, is some serious fucking free rent that David has. Yeah, he's just a cool guy. <laughs> I mean, he's occupying some space there that he really has never paid for. Um, David David spends most of his time on a, on a wine farm in Stellenbosch. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Yeah, I, I've been to a few of his legendary lunches. I mean, I don't know how he gets home from that wine farm most days. But, uh, yeah, if you're ever in Cape Town, go, go meet him. He's actually quite fun. Yeah. I just um, just commenting on this whole experience while Ramon vapes in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's oh, it's 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 that whole that whole thing of define racism and then you know we won't do it because it's it's a trap, right? It, it's it's <laughs> other than being hilarious and how children would behave. Um, it's 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 not a trap at all. What they've done is is they've redefined words as per what postmodernism requires you to do. Um, and then they need to remove all of the intellectuals who might argue with their redefinition. You see, this is exactly, this is typical sort of Soviet Union stuff. This well, well, yeah, I mean, as Jordan Peterson once again said, you know, not, uh, I'm not invoking Godwin's law, but uh, Hitler was obsessed with cleanliness. He was worried about germs, excuse the pun, germs <laughs> and, and I- infection and parasites and things like that. And this is like an ideological, pure space. And like germ is literally a parasite sure, that and, needs to be expunged. But also once you've, once you've redefined something, what you really need to do is you need to get rid of anyone who, who knows the old definition. Because you, the real can, you can only call an airplane a helicopter once all the people who recognize an, uh, an airplane as an airplane are dead, you know, so, so, or removed from the picture completely. And then you will tell everyone it's a helicopter and they'll be like, oh, it's a helicopter. Um, so, so that's, uh, that's what seems to have happened. And it's, it's quite disturbing to me that that's happened in a relatively important media space. Because well, I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, uh, the, I, I've I've got a, a cartoonist friend. Um, now I have to be anonymous here, just because I, I think just I don't want to get him into any kind of situation. Um, and because he draws for a major major publication. Okay, keep quiet now. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's actually sent me ideas. Um, over the last few months that have been rejected from the publication for which he's been trying to get them published um, simply because um, it doesn't agree with the narrative of that publication. So, for example, he's critical of, of land expropriation without compensation. He cannot, he cannot get a cartoon published that criticizes it. Yeah, but firstly, Jim, you're making a big mistake here. The Man of Garden is not a major publication. <laughs> Uh, uh, do the guy who draws from Alan Guardian, it certainly does not like me. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> it won't Probably. be. Yet. But so, so there's no criticism of something like expropriations without compensation. Um, so we're not getting any of that sort of feedback from our media. I imagine because what I've noted recently is, uh, for example, let's. I know we backed his Zapira and it does sound a bit like a Zapira bashing session, but some of it he deserves. Um, but he drew a cartoon about the whole uh, farm murder, farmers uh, being invited to come to, well, fast tracking their visas to come to the the uh, Australia. And uh, Peter Dutton is the Home Affairs Minister, or whatever it is in in the in Australia, who sort of said he'll consider it, um, and. Basically, the the cartoon I saw with uh, with that was drawn by Zapira was a the Home Affairs Minister. It said apartheid Home Affairs Ministers, and then it yeah, kind of had someone, the guys from, and I don't know all their names. I'm not that good with the history from the the sort of 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and and then in the last frame it had Peter Dutton as you know, sort of the latest apartheid Home Affairs Minister. Um, I found that cartoon ridiculous. Well, well. So, so do I, but but the thing I find so interesting is that the discussion is not about whether the Australians have reacted 
in a way that you don't like? Why? What have, what are they reacting to? And that's the discussion we're not having. They're reacting to well, Julius Malema saying he's not going to slaughter whites yet. You know, he's rea- yes. they're reacting to him saying you must leave the keys to your house and your tractors. Um, they're reacting to him making blatantly racist comments. They're reacting to his deputy assaulting a journalist for which there has been no arrest yet. But I guarantee you, if I assaulted Ramon this afternoon and he made a complaint, I'd be in prison by tomorrow. Like, that's what they're reacting to. And over and above that, of course, what they're reacting to is a very high rate of farm killings with a very high rate of torture and brutality. I would, I would love to see you. I would love to see you assault Ramon. <laughs> well, I have to try. Ramon does no, don't I'm, CrossFit, you know, and also he might be a vegan. Oh, for fuck's sake, you have to tell <laughs> the world I do CrossFit. <laughs> so I did a cartoon. I did, I did exactly that cartoon last week. Uh, the one that you, the comment that you're making, um, which, which has went very viral on Facebook. I did it for Afri Forum, um, where I made all the, Lit, the literal statements, I didn't even write the gag. I wrote, literally did a bunch of frames with comments made by EFF and ANC members. Okay. Like kill the whites and we're going to, we're going to take the land and all that. Yeah, verbatim um, what's been said. Then, yes. And then with, then with Peter saying, well, they'll be welcome here. And in the last panel, you got the EFF and ANC members going, Australia, those Australians are racist. That's exactly the comment that you just made. And, it it's bizarre how that then may, is, is gets me accused of being a racist. It's unbelievable. It it blows my mind. I I can't understand how how blatantly racist stuff um gets turned around so that it's uh, hang on I'm 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 saying this wrong. I, I think you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm pointing yeah. out the racism yeah. and then I'm being accused of being a racist, which it's it's unbelievable. And what's what's very funny. Is how is how some people have shared this cartoon, um, like African cartoons. Uh, when they posted it, they said uh, their caption read "Germs Perspective of Racism." <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, because because wanting to kill a race group is not racist. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, no, of course not. Uh, but but listen, on that same thing, talking about uh, hilarious captions, <laughs> they also captioned a cartoon that I did for. Um, uh, was it the Free Market Foundation? I did it a few, a few months ago. Um, uh, it's a very bland topic, but it's about cell phone uh, networks uh, having to, if a law is passed, having to share their networks. But it's the more it's the more wealthy networks having to share their networks with the poor networks. Okay, so that the poor networks don't have to go and spend all that money to to yeah, install their own infrastructure. Powers, right? Yeah, correct. So that's like sort of socialism happening. The caption that was read, that the caption that was typed out on African cartoons was um, liberalization of uh, uh, cell phone networks is an illiberal concept, according to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so more regulation means liberalization, supposedly. It's like net neutrality. I literally out now when I read that. <laughs> So Jim, we got it's like, good. Yeah, we got five minutes left. Sorry, the studio is booked after us. Um, okay, I actually, actually want to talk to you about this alternative media. Well, what do you mean by it? And like, who do you who do you draw for now? I draw for basically a bunch of people who aren't newspapers. I draw for lobby groups and organisations. So um, I don't really know how to define alternative media, but I'm open to suggestions because I like the idea that it promotes independent thought. It goes against the grain. It's not, it's not your, your traditional outlets. So our outer, for example, are a client of mine, Afri forum are a client of mine. Both of them are lobby groups. The free market foundation and the Institute of race relations are clients of mine. They are what think tanks um, report report is a newspaper. So that I draw for them. They are, I guess, a a traditional outlet. Uh, Marula media is an internet Newspaper with with a million readers a month. I don't think that's a traditional. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is now traditional. I don't know. Um, and 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 then I draw for other organisations and groups also. But most of the time, it's it's people who use the internet and social media as their platforms for distributing uh, the cartoons. Propaganda. Um, it's not. 
Yeah, propaganda, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I suppose that alternative media could be a term that would include that combined with thought that is independent. Yeah, I mean, that, I, think, I think it's, it's, it's media that doesn't have any gatekeepers. Yes, there we go. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, Eric Weinstein speaks about the intellectual dark web, and he quotes uh, Ruben Report, Ben Shapiro, Infowars to some degree. And these are people, Joe Rogan, these are people who've made their names that have not worked in media, traditionally speaking. They, they've self-funded or funded by the listeners, and they have utter freedom to speak to whom, whomever they wish about whatever they want. And these sort of uh, stories and interviews and, and uh, ideas are, you know, are spreading throughout the ether of society without anyone, you know, there's no hierarchy. No one's <clears throat> ordering this to happen. Well, what's also important about, you know, you <laughs> rattle off a list there. What's important about that is there couldn't be any more difference between someone like Infowars, Alex Jones, who's like nuts, um, and uh, and someone like Dave Dave Rubin, who's yeah. the most sedate guy. I mean, he gets a lot of criticism, for example, for not being more questioning and more attacking of his guests. It's, it's his style, and that I've, I don't particularly have a problem with it. But those those are completely different uh, sort of idea centers. Um, and, but they're both, I think, fit into this category of, well, we're going to discuss things. Some of it you might not like, some of it you might love, uh, and that's okay. But, but listen, you have Ben Shapiro and Joe Rogan together on a podcast for three hours. So you got a pot smoking, mixed martial artist, announcer, stand up comedian. Pretty much liberal Californian. Who, who loves, who loves mushrooms and LSD and Ben Shapiro, like an uptight, not uptight, like an upright, no, upstanding. Very, yeah. No Jewish, drags, orthodox, no sex before marriage. And they're talking for two and a half hours, and it's one of the most, you know, fun interviews slash conversations, I mean, I've ever listened to. Well, I think and this will not happen in any other medium. No. This will not no. happen on, okay. on cable, on cable news or in the New York Times. Well, you've got Sam Harris is doing an O2 Arena. Um, event. I mean, the O2 Arena is massive. That's a rock band. Um, yeah. And it's going to be him, Jordan Peterson, and Douglas Murray. Now, Ooh, that's going to be I epic. mean, I, that, I, I would, I would pay to go see that if I was in the UK. It's actually, I was even thinking it's a type of event I would even consider flying to, to go and see because I think it'll, it'll be that interesting. Um, hopefully they film it and, and it ends up on YouTube, but, but, or whatever happens after YouTube because that's also seems to be slowly Por- dying. Pornhub. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of YouTube creators are moving their stuff to Pornhub because they don't have any restrictions. <laughs> True story. Um, is it really? Yeah. Gun channels now on YouTube are, are banned. Going to Pornhub. And they just went to Pornhub. And Pornhub like, yeah, whatever. We don't care because no. we'll, we'll host anything. Indeed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's such a – because I think the danger is uh, when you describe it and you sort of, you know, you say people like Ben and, and people like Infowars or, or you know, you, people go, well, it's just right-wing media. That's all it is. And I don't think that's what it is at all uh, because no. you've got everyone from Sam Harris who's a lefty. You know, Sam Harris is, is very far on the left. The only right, right-sided view he holds is pretty much that he's pro-gun, but everything else he's, 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 he's very far left. Um, I know that we're out of, I know that we're almost out of time, but can I quickly say this? Yeah. Um, in the, in the like. Africa cartoon WhatsApp group before I was, before I was, uh, uh, ceremoniously, <laughs> um, pushed aside, um, I asked a question. I said, guys, we can do a quick acid test. Um, because we talk about right-wing and conservative and liberal, but the irony is that, and I can only speak on behalf of myself here, but I'm sure you can relate. I'm probably more liberal than most of these guys who claim to be liberal. And that's the joke, because all you've got to do is start asking a few questions um, about liberalism, and you suddenly see how conservative um, so-called liberals are. And I'm saying this in the sense that they, they self-proclaim liberals, Right. I'm I'm not labeling that. So things like rhino horn trade and prostitution and drugs and all that, you suddenly realize how illiberal uh, many of these people are. Um, no, of course. And then you and then and then you suddenly realize, well, why are they labeling me as right wing? I don't get it. <laughs> well, I mean, because they just become the Puritan conservatives, right? That's exactly. all. That's all they become. That's all they become. They want hegemony in terms of thought, 
they um, what do you call it? Um, take out censorship anyone. of speech. Yeah, censorship of speech. And, and you've got to live, view the world in their way and live the world in their way. And if you don't, you like some sort of great evil. Um, I mean, that's exactly what they are. This is like, you know, fundamentalist Christians talking to atheists at the end of the day. Liberals are some of the most, liberals are some of the most conservative people I've met. Indeed. Cannot agree more. Right, Jim, since we do need to go shortly, um, just, uh, people can find you. I know you called it quits on Twitter. I think that was probably a good call. Um, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on, you can, you can get me on germ.coza, J-E-R-M.coza, but my, my Facebook page is very active and it's, it's growing daily. Um, and that's, I don't really know how to, URL, face, what's it, no, Facebook.com. If they search J-E-R-M, they'll, they'll find you. Um, Find me on Facebook. Yeah, it's a well-liked page. Uh, So you can be found there. And obviously, I I think your style of cartooning is quite uh, distinct. So people will be able to pick up when you've done a cartoon. Also, if it's pretty much saying anything that doesn't seem to toe the mainstream line, it's probably from Jim. Yeah, I'm probably the only guy doing that. And also now, as a matter of interest, uh, having moved away from the mainstream, I'm now literally publishing a cartoon every single day of the week, Monday all the way through to Sunday. Wow. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear you busy. Listen, last question. Is that a parrot yeah. in the background? It is a parrot. I'm sorry about that. I have a, <laughs> uh, she's, she, what, she's 11 years old. <laughs> oh, she's a baby. I, I suppose so. Yes. In parrot terms. I didn't know that the sound traveled that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it's been a soundtrack on the back, but not to worry. I just needed to know that it wasn't a swing door. Could have moved. <laughs> Germ, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Had a good time. All right. Chat to you next time. Jamie, thank you. Speak soon. Right, Ramon. Yes. Uh, So pretty much if you're consuming mainstream media, you're only getting one angle. That's that's what I get from that. Depends which one. I think the Afrikaans ones are actually quite good, but I don't read Afrikaans like naturally. Um, But uh, yes, I mean, if you look at uh, most websites and uh, most uh, things, it's... There is one narrative. I mean, I, I'm going to plug my other podcast, if I may, um, which is called Verity, V-E-R-I-T-Y. And I had Mark Oppenheimer, who's been on here twice. Mm. And we spoke about expropriation without compensation. And he detailed exactly what the motion was about, what's going to happen next, how to stop it from happening. And he, and he gave stats about land ownership in South Africa. I haven't seen... We did our podcast, which went viral, the mm. land, No Land for South Africans. Mm. But I haven't seen that sort of rigor with this very, very important, you know, motion that hasn't that rigor hasn't been seen anywhere. Absolutely, people are arguing about stats and shit like that, not about the fundamental right to property as being fundamental or not. Like we are arguing over whether my fundamental rights should be undermined. Mm. Like that's fucking ridiculous. That is absolutely fucking ridiculous. It's not up for debate. No, well, it shouldn't be up for debate, but uh, this is the country we live in, and to some extent, the world we're in at the moment. And uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you like what we're doing as an alternative media source, you can always donate to us on Patreon. Uh, we do appreciate everything we get. We are using those funds to try and improve the con- podcast and the content co- um, constantly. Uh, you can find us, as always, on Twitter and Facebook, relatively easy to search And thank you for listening. We will get you next time. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com.